What is up, everybody? This is The Spiral. And as usual, I'm your host, Zane Geiger. And on today's podcast, we're going to be breaking down Thursday night football between Washington and Giants, my initial thoughts. And then you guys know what time it is. It's a Friday podcast. That means I'm breaking down the games for this weekend at the college and NFL level. And man, are there some great games. I'm going to tell you what to watch out for, who I think could pull up some upsets, and who I think would be some big winners. But with that being said, let's get it started. All right, so if you're not aware, yesterday's game, uh, we had the Giants versus Washington, and Washington edged it out 30-29 on a last-minute field goal. So my initial thoughts. You got the Giants, who are 0-2 now, and we'll talk about them first. Daniel Jones being the leading rusher is not good. Now, I get it. Saquon's coming off an injury. They're slowly nursing him back, and he looked relatively okay last night. The problem is he had one rush for 41 yards and finished 13 attempts for 57. So outside that big run... He didn't really do much. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, nine attempts, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Had a 46-yard run. Uh, he did have a huge, long touchdown run that got called back because of, a, in my opinion, a bad holding call, but it is what it is. Um, basically, the Giants are 0-2, and this is not good, right? Um, you lost to Washington, who has a new quarterback in place because uh, Fitzmagic got hurt with the hip injury, out for presumably at least eight weeks. Um, starting off the season 0-2 is not good. The statistics behind making the playoffs after an 0-2 start is not good. The good news if you're a Giants fan is you are you playing one the worst division in football. So there's a chance. If you're a Giants fan, this is what you have to be off opti- you try to be optimistic about, right? Daniel Jones didn't look necessarily great, but he didn't look bad either. He's he's I think looked a little bit better these you know these first two games. Now, last game he still he had a fumble last game, but this game no interceptions, and I don't believe he had a fumble at all. So maybe if the turnovers don't, you know, if he can stay away from turnovers, which has been his biggest issue, not necessarily just throwing a bunch of interceptions, but even fumbling it, if he can just hang on to the ball better and be, you know, more consistent because when he runs, he's a pretty good runner. He, he, he is sneaky athletic. He is sneaky fast. Um, he's a pretty good runner with the, you know, at the quarterback position, he just tends to fumble it a lot. And if he can cut the fumbles in half, at least they a lot more drives would happen. The Giants could be better because they have the potential to have a good offense. I mean, you have Saquon who's going to get better as time, you know, as he gets more healthy and more comfortable. Uh, you have Shepard who looks to be having a pretty good year. Slayton had a big drop. Uh, Galladay, they got to figure that out. I mean, he was seen yelling at Daniel Jones. I don't think that's a good sign, but I get it. Galladay's frustrated. You also got to keep in mind he's been out for this whole training camp preseason process with an injury, so him and Daniel Jones haven't been able to get on the correct page. But, I mean, Daniel Jones just seemed to be missing him a lot on some wide-open throws. And, again, these are throws that he shouldn't be missing, in my opinion. Like, these are throws that extend drives you should be able to hit. And I do think that's a little issue with Daniel Jones, a little bit of the inconsistency. Um, you know, so they got to figure that out. But, optimistically, they do have a good offense. So, if you got to think Saquon gets better. Him and Galladay get their, you know, kind of get their groove going. They could be a formidable offense potentially, and they do have a pretty sneaky good defense, especially their uh, their front fours are pretty good. Uh, they only did get one sack, but they also did force an interception. Um, so their defense isn't bad. You think they have an underrated defense? Um, so if you're a Giants fan though, starting zero two is not ideal, but there is potential for you to get back on. You know, kind of get things going. I, the reason I don't think it's bad is because, like, 0-2 is not a good start by no means. But you're in a conference with the Redskins who are having a little bit of some injury problems, especially at the quarterback position. 
You have a Cowboys team who offensively can do a lot of stuff, but we're not sure what to think of their defense yet. I do think it's improved, but again, I'm a big believer that Cowboys year is going to be more next year than this year. And then you have an Eagles team who I think is going to truly kind of figure out their identity and how good they really are this week against the 49ers. So in theory, um, there is still still a lot of potential, but there is no telling what could happen. Um, let's see. And, well, let's talk about this real quick. Breaking news. Tony, uh, uh, Davis, Tony, uh, wide receiver they drafted out of Florida in the first round. Uh, frustrated with his role in the offense after not catching a pass on Thursday night football. Shit, just be lame to me. That's what he said. I uh, apologize. Probably shouldn't have cussed, but I just kind of read it how it is. Um, not a good sign. I get he's frustrated. You brought him in to be a big weapon. And I let's see. Did he even have a... T- I'm not even tracking he had a target that game. Um, Tony's the guy, you, you draft him to be an electric wide receiver, kind of put the ball in his hands, can do a bunch of stuff. You know, kind of like, he's like a higher-end gadget guy, in my opinion. I do think last year at Florida, he showed a lot of potential to be a true wide receiver, especially in the slot. He's very crafty route runner, very hard to bring down. He makes a lot of people miss. He was notorious at doing that at the college level. Um, I would agree. I'd be frustrated, too. You draft him in the first round to kind of be using the offense. And their offense is looking a little inconsistent at now, right now. And again, I understand Sterling Shepard's good. Galladay's good. Uh, I mean, they had uh, their tight end, uh, Ingram, who's still pretty talented. But he got hurt. Saquon. There's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense. But I agree. He is the playmaker. They do need to get him involved. Um, so that's not a good sign that he's tweeting that stuff. I'm sure it'll get deleted. and He'll end up probably apologizing or whatever. But not a good sign that, you know, people are getting frustrated. And you can't blame them. They're 0-2. But... Like I was saying, reason to be optimistic. You don't really know what your division is. You're never really too far out of it. Uh, 0-2's not a bad start. I will say this. If the Eagles beat the 49ers to start off 2-0, though, that could be a little problematic. I would say an ideal situation, everybody kind of is 1-1 except for the Giants this week, at the end of this week. And, like, you can obviously make ground up big time. But if the Eagles start 2-0, that could prove they're more legit than what people thought they were going to be, including myself. And then that might be problematic if the Eagles seem to be, like, a legit good football team. But let's talk about Washington real quick. Washington. Taylor Heineke. I've been saying Tyler Heineke a lot. I don't know why. It's Taylor uh, Heineke. But the man had a good game in my opinion. 34 for 46. 336 yards. Two touchdowns. He did have an interception. Um, Just a great play by the corner. I don't think it was necessarily a bad read. I just think he kind of got baited a little bit. Um, just a, but I thought of it more as a great play by the corner than him being a you know bad or anything like that. Like bad read or anything. He played well. Antonio Gibson, I'm surprised you're not giving him more loving. Uh, I was expecting him to go kind of more run-centric, and I do know the Giants do have a pretty underrated D-line, so maybe they just felt really comfortable going against their secondary, uh, which they had pretty good success with. I was surprised they didn't run it as much. Only 13 attempts for uh, Antonio Gibson for 69 yards. Uh, he averaged about over, a little over five yards per carry. Uh, scary Terry, he balled out 11 receptions, 170 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Logan Thomas had some, you know, targets, five receptions, 45 yards. Adam Humphreys, eight targets, seven receptions, 44 yards. I'm expecting the Logan Thomas connection to get better with him as the season progresses. But I'm going to be honest, if you're a Washington fan, I, get, I, I understand that a lot of people want to maybe potentially bring Cam Newton in and everything. I think Heineke's really good. And I said this before in my past podcast. I felt comfortable, whoever their starting quarterback was, when they were, when they were saying there was a true quarterback battle, I felt really comfortable with both of them. And Tyler Heineke has put together, let's look at his last three games real quick. Against the Patriots, you can argue that they played the Patriots the hardest out of any teams they faced in the playoffs. 
You really can't. Now, again, you can say Washington's defense played really well, but Heineke played pretty good that game too. You know, he, you know, people forget he is kind of sneaky good with his legs as well. And, you know, he's not necessarily – when I say mobile quarterbacks, I, I, I don't want people – that's like a Kyler Murray in my mind, Lamar Jackson type quarterbacks. So he's mobile in the sense where he can extend plays with his feet and he can kind of like run a little bit if need be. Like that's what I mean by sneaky good because you don't think of him as a sneaky good or like you don't think of him as a really mobile quarterback. I think a lot of people don't expect that out of Daniel Jones too. That's why I tend to say sneaky good runners because you don't think about it, but they're actually pretty good with their feet. I would say he's in that category too. Uh, but he's like he very impressive against the uh, Bucks in the playoffs, even in a loss. You know, just I don't think they had enough talent to really beat the Bucks, but they played him very well. He came in versus the Chargers and looked really good, kept them in it, kept them competitive, and now he just played the Giants and got his first career win. And I give him a lot of credit. He's played well. I think the team likes him. I think they have their starter. I would not worry about getting a Cam Newton or whatever and trying to make it weird because if they get Cam Newton, there's too much charisma with him. There's too much flair. There's too much, oh, he should be the starter. And I, I just think that's too much pressure for Heineke. Don't need to throw that in there. Let this guy get grooving. Let him do his thing because he looks pretty talented. To be honest with you, he looks like he can get Washington's offense moving. And you got to think they don't even have Curtis Samuel, the big wires here they got in the offseason. Uh, so that should make their offense even better when he comes back, more explosiveness and dynamic to it. Um, but, again, if you're a Washington fan, I do like the quarterback play. Scary Terry looks like he could have a big year. Your D-line is still very good. I do have an issue, though. Their, their secondary looks like it's struggling a little bit. You had, uh, you had uh, the Chargers kind of carve you up. Daniel Jones didn't necessarily carve you up, but he did do very well. They might need to look to make an addition to the secondary or change some stuff up. Maybe get some people different playing times because, again, um, just the secondary is not looking as good as I thought it could. And I knew the secondary was a little bit of a weakness from them. But, like, it look, it's looking more and more like a big weakness, and that's not ideal. Um, because, again, they can generate pressure with four guys. But, like, they're giving up way too many third down uh, conversions, in my opinion. Uh, secondary looks like they're just kind of getting exposed a little bit. I mean, they have talented guys back there, but just a little bit exposed. Um, you know, I like to think as the season progresses, the secondary will kind of shore it up and they'll figure stuff out a little bit. If need be, they'll make an addition, you know, trade for somebody. Do do something because I do think that's their biggest issue right now is the secondary. Uh, but I do think it can get better. Uh, so that's just something worth monitoring. But if you're a Washington fan, it feels good to get, you know, a win, especially on a Thursday night football more time off now to kind of get guys, you know, in a groove, get uh, Heineke more, you know, time and prep with some of the other wide receivers since he was, again, first-team reps because of uh, Fitzmagic being the starter. But if you're Washington, you got to feel good. Again, I think I think this is a big week for the division because you can kind of figure out how good the Eagles are and how good Dallas could potentially be this week. So until I can see those games, I can't really say how I feel about Washington and their chances of winning the division. Because I did have them as favorites, but again, was anticipating Chris Samuel getting injured, a Fitzmagic injury, uh, and their secondary looking a little bit as poor as it was. Again, I still really like Washington. As of right now, I would still have them as the favorites. But after this weekend, I might be willing to kind of give the Eagles or potentially Dallas a little bit more credit than what I initially did. Um, so I'll address that on the next podcast, which will be Monday. But as of right now, really good game. Uh, Giants missed on some opportunities. Typical Giants stuff, blowing games on games they probably should have won. Uh, but starting 0-2 is not good. But again, in this division, you don't necessarily have to win a bunch of games to be very successful and win the division. Uh, 
But, again, I think this weekend for the other teams will be good to kind of figure out maybe how tough their division could be. But as of right now, if you're Redskins, you feel good because I – sorry. If you're the Washington football team, you feel good because Heineke does seem like a – ooh, excuse me, a pretty good quarterback. But if you're the Giants, starting 0-2, not ideal. You do have time off to kind of get um, Saquon healthy and everything because he needs to get it going because, again, I think as long as Saquon's not really running it and not feeling good and not looking as healthy as he should – uh, and not getting that full load, I do think that's going to handicap the Giants' offense a little bit. So they need Saquon back big time, or else this could be another losing season for the Giants. And if that's the case, that's not going to be very good in New York. But with that being said, we're going to jump into the next segment, which is me just kind of discussing uh, college football and NFL football games in this upcoming weekend. And with that being said, let's just jump into some college football real quick. All right, so it's some college football time, and I'm going to talk about some of the big games, some of the games that people may not be watching, you know, keeping an eye on, but could be very intriguing games. So let's just get started. Um, look at the top 25, you know, top 25 ranked teams and everything, and kind of uh, like just who the top 25 is playing who. So at the very top, it's always going to show my team because that's just how the app is. We got Bama, Florida. So this is a big game, right? It's at the Swamp, which is good for the Gators, but it's number one Bama versus Love in Florida. Now, I'm a Gator fan, but what I say, first podcast to you guys, and what I like to reiterate, I will not be biased. I'm not going to come at you guys and say Florida's going to win this game, because truthfully, I don't believe Florida can win this game. I really don't. I will say this, though. I w- Let me talk about the pros, why if you're a Florida fan, or why you could potentially believe in Florida pulled off this upset. We've already seen upsets so far throughout the season. All right, We've seen some top teams fall. And we've seen top teams get really close to falling to some unranked teams. Teams that are not as t- talented as Florida. We've already seen a lot of those within the first two weeks. More than we have in the last couple of years. Because typically the top four or five teams who a lot of people believe in, three out of them, three of the top five usually are always in the playoffs. Typically speaking. But this year, you had Ohio State lose to Oregon. Oklahoma hasn't looked that, you know, has looked a little beatable. Clemson lost to Georgia. Texas A&M lost their starting quarterback. They're not looking that sharp. You got some, you got abilities. You got some abilities to make some noise potentially. You got some teams who might, you know, be pretty high up but not make it. Ohio State's dropping. Georgia truly doesn't have a quarterback. Like, I'm just, you know, there's, there's a chance. There's a chance these top teams could be a little bit beatable. Uh, you know, like Notre Dame almost lost to Toledo. Like, we've seen some of these top 10 teams struggle, look beatable. And this is the first time in a while where we've kind of seen that, especially with the top five upper echelon teams. Now, Bama is still Bama. And again, if you're going to beat Bama, typically it has to be early when they're kind of figuring everything out and they're adjusting from all the talent they lost to the NFL. So if you're a Florida fan, to catch them week three, you preferably, if you're going to want to get them, it's mostly, I would say, typically within the first week or two. Week three, I mean, they're kind of probably already grooving. You know, they've already dismantled everybody. They played Miami and I think Mercer. Um, I do think Miami's not as legit as people want to think they were. But if you're Florida, you have them at home in the swamp, 90,000 plus people. Your defense is young, but talent. You do have a talented offense, but how, how good is it really with the quarterback play? So this is my problem with Florida. They're doing a two-quarterback system, and I don't mind the two-quarterback system, but it has to be the right type of system. Like, it, it's like for example, right, when the, when the Gators did in 06 with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, 
Chris Leak was the guy. He was the main guy. He looked good. Tim Tebow came in and did different things. It worked. They knew the role, okay? He also did this at Mississippi State with, uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name. Uh, I, th- I know it was Prescott was one. And I think it was like a, it's not, I, I want to keep saying Fitzmagic. I think it was like a Fitzgerald was his name, all right? I, I, I could be wrong. Um, I have to double check that. But he did a two quarterback system at Mississippi State. And it worked. They knew the roles. They were both good at what they did. They were both played good. Two-quarterback system right now at Florida. Emory Jones has not looked good. He hasn't looked impressive. Anthony Richardson has looked amazing. He's putting up unreal numbers in limited action. Now, again, the talent that he's been going up against is nowhere near Bama. But, I mean, why is, why is it Emory Jones is struggling Anthony Richardson is it? I mean, he's going out there and busting out 70-plus yard runs, throws. He looks insane. Like, he looks really good. And Marie Jones has not. If you're Florida, I get you want to try to do the two-quarterback system because you don't think Anthony Richardson's quite ready to handle, like, real maybe SEC football teams that understand certain grasping, like, protection schemes and everything like that, reading the defense. I get all that. And he might struggle with that sometimes. But what is, what's the benefit to having Emory out there? Well, he knows what he's doing. He knows all this stuff. He's been in the system for three or four years. Really? Because he looks lost out there. And, and, I, and again, he seems like a nice guy. And against USF, the first half, he looked really good. Second half, threw two interceptions, probably should have thrown another two. Like against FAU, where he, he threw two interceptions, but he probably should have thrown more. You do, you, there is no... Oh, he got away with one or two interceptions against Bama. It's, those will be intercepted. Bama's, you can't make mistakes against Bama. Bama's a hard team. Emory Jones has, looks like he has a knack of turning the ball over, looking lost, looking confused. I think if you're Florida, your best bet's going to have to be putting Anthony Richardson in and letting him be the starter going forward. He'll make mistakes with pass protection, certain things, but he's also going to do the wild things. He'll get you some 70-yard throwing touchdowns. He'll get you some 70-yard running touchdowns. I think he, again, I think he's a big wow guy, like, right now, like, in the sense where he's going to do a lot of great things, and we've only seen the good stuff. Against some of the better teams, he might struggle a little bit, you know, do some boneheaded things, and you're like, you know what? That's a freshman essentially making a freshman mistake. We can live with that because of all the spectacular plays he's going to get you. It's kind of like how Cam Newton was back in the day in the NFL, right? Or even to a degree, college football. He's going to make a lot of spectacular plays, and then he's going to have some, you know, boneheaded plays where you're like, man, you really shouldn't have done that. Like, come on, man. What are you doing? Or some games where it's like, eh, he didn't look that great, but he also had two 70-yard running, rushing touchdowns. Those were kind of big. That could be Anthony Richardson to an extent. He's looked very impressed in the first two games. You got to put him in there. I, I, I just think if you're Florida, you, I think if you start Emory, you can try it. But the moment he starts to fail or not looking good, you, got, you can't be afraid to put Anthony Richardson in that big moment. He gets schlacked by Bama, he gets schlacked by Bama, all right? But you got to throw him in there. I, I just think that's going to be the smart thing. If you really want to win and really try to compete, you got to throw him in there. You can't be scared. Throw him in there. Throw him into the wolves. I'm not usually a big fan of that, but I think that's going to be your best bet because you got to kind of figure out how good he is because Emory's clearly not it. You got to see what Anthony Richardson is. If he's strong... If we lose, I think Florida, if you lose to Bama, but Anthony Richardson gives you good results, but you still lose, you live with that. Going against a Bama team and he looks good in like his first like real SEC team, 
but you still lose or stuff that like he made simple mistakes that could be coached up and fixed. That's good going forward because you start him now against Bama and he can show you some signs of improvement and look good and like whatever his mistakes are, it can be coached up. You can fix that against the Georgia team. You know, you can fix that going forward and still position yourself to potentially get a rematch in the SEC championship. But if you're not really going to see what he is and we already kind of have a good idea that Emory's not it, down the rest of the season, you're not really going to know what you have. And then this season could almost be lost. Instead of potentially being a one or two loss season, it's more than that. Four, four range, four to five losses, and that's not ideal. Too much talent to be a four to five loss team. I hate to say it, but it's true. Now, Bama, this is why I think Bama's going to win. Bryce Young's looks good. They're still going to have a run game. I think they're going to run down Florida's throat personally. I think they're going to be able to expose Florida's secondary. I think their defense is going to be able to generate pressure very easily, not having to bring a lot of people. I think if they do blitz, Emory Jones is going to be lost. I think if you you blitz Anthony Richardson, he might struggle at times, but I think he can also make you pay if you blitz. I I just think Bama's built better. I think Bama's ready to win. I mean, Bama's you know Bama's always going to be a top three team, all right, number one team. They're always going to be the best, in my opinion. They retool better than anybody. They regroup better than everybody. They do what needs to be done. Bama's going to be a hard team to beat. Bama is ready. Bama looks good. Your only hope is. It's an away game, and you've seen some of these top team fall or struggle early on this season so far in college football. You can talk yourself into potentially beating Bama. You can, you can potentially get it, but you're going to have to play really good. You won't be able to turn the ball over, and, I, and I'm telling you right now, it, your best bet's going to be Anthony Richardson. Your best bet's going to be Anthony Richardson. Now, I will say this. I do think Dan Mullen's smart enough to save certain plays and not show everything until Bama because he knows you have Bama early. You don't want to show everything against USF and FAU, he's going to save some plays. There's going to be certain plays that are done and ready against Bama. And again, we played Bama really good last year in the SEC Championship, but the Florida team this year is a lot different from the Florida team last year. All right? Very different. So I think if some people want to think it's going to be close, some people really want to think Florida has a chance, I'm going to be honest with you. I I can see Florida winning or losing by like 21-plus points. Now, in an ideal world... And if Florida plays its best game, I still think they probably lose in a close one. But And that's not a knock on Florida. I just don't think in an ideal situation, if I'm thinking if everything can go right for Florida realistically, I still think they would lose in a close one. But losing in a close one, that can set you up to potentially have an SEC rematch. Because if you lose a close one to, George, or to Alabama, there's a chance you can beat Georgia. If you can beat Georgia, you can win the SEC. And then you can play Bama in the SEC Championship. And I think that would be a completely different conversation. Because if you can lose to Bama close, you can talk yourself that you can beat Bama into SEC Championship. But that's still a four-way away. I don't think we're there. I think that's the best-case scenario and everything has to go right for Florida. But again, I don't see that happening. I personally think Florida, at the very least, loses by 21 points. Uh, and I say that as a Florida fan, and I don't want to say that. But realistically... Unless Anthony Richardson starts and they do things, which I just don't know if they're going to do. I, I think Bama's going to win big in that game. Um, another big game that's worth talking about, in my opinion, I'm going to be honest, I'm really big into the Miami-Michigan State game. I think Michigan State's going to beat them. Miami's ranked 24, Michigan State's unranked. I think Michigan State's just going to run all, run all over Miami. Um, I don't think Miami's legit. I think Miami's struggling. They might fire their coach this year. They don't have a real quarterback. I'm not on the hype train for Miami. A lot of people were to start the season. I thought it was going to be very hard for them 
Uh, anyways, I know a lot of people want to say they were back. I never really quite believed it. I thought they had potential to be good, potential for the ACC to be quote-unquote back. But I think it's proved that they're not. I think Michigan State's going to beat Miami. I think that's a game worth watching. You have Nebraska-Oklahoma. I, I, I don't see Nebraska being that good. I think Oklahoma beats them. They're big-time favorites. I think the game could be a little closer maybe than what maybe some people want to expect. But in reality, I, I don't see any way Nebraska beats Oklahoma. I'll say this right now. If you're talking about upset alert, Texas A&M and New Mexico. They're favored by almost like 30 points. Ridiculous. But I will say this. Texas A&M lost their starting quarterback, and the quarterback they put in last week did not look impressive. Now, they have a great defense, A&M does. But they could struggle to put up points. Now, I, I, it's again, it's against New Mexico. I understand that. But if you're talking about a potential top 10 team getting upset, watch the New Mexico-Texas A&M game. Because A&M might struggle to put up points without their starting quarterback. They really might struggle. Now, they're going to have to run the ball, and they might have success running the ball against New Mexico. But if you're talking about a team that potentially in the top 10 that could get upset, I'd watch the New Mexico game. I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, but if I had a guess on like top 10 teams all in all this week, I'm going to put my money on New Mexico. Uh, Virginia Tech versus West Virginia is going to be an interesting game. It's just, you know, big division game. I, I would expect Virginia Tech to win it. They've looked pretty good. But just an interesting divisional game worth watching. Purdue versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame's 12. Purdue is unranked. Now, they struggle against Toledo. I expect Notre Dame to kind of bounce back and, and you know, play Purdue pretty good. But again, that's another game definitely worth watching. I think per, uh, Purdue could definitely keep it close. But I do expect Notre Dame to kind of pull it out, in my opinion. Um, let's see. What's some other good games? Georgia, South Carolina. I would be a lot... Oh, I would like that game a lot more if South Carolina actually had a true quarterback. They don't. Georgia still hasn't allowed an offensive touchdown through two games. Georgia's defense is legit. I really do like South Carolina's coach. And I like his team. He just is missing a quarterback. And for that reason, I just don't think South Carolina really has a chance against Georgia. The big game, Auburn versus Penn State. And I'll tell you why this is a big game. This is potentially... I think this game could be a big indicator on which of these two teams is legit. Auburn has steamrolled everybody the last two weeks. And again, they haven't really played anybody. But they've steamrolled. They've looked good. Offensively, they've looked really good. Defensively, they looked really good. Bo Nix has looked really good. Their offense is grooving. Penn State had a very impressive week one win against Wisconsin. And I think Penn State's good. But again, I don't think Penn State's legit. I don't think Penn State's a playoff team. I think they're a good team. But I don't know how legit they are. Auburn's the same thing. I think Auburn is good talent-wise, but I don't know how legit they are either. But I'm willing to bet Auburn beats Penn State because I – and this is hard. I just have a, I have a weird gut feeling like Auburn's good, like really good. And I don't know what it is. Auburn could get schlacked this game for all I know. But I, it, it, right now it's about uh, Penn State favored by five. I just think Auburn's legit. I just think Auburn is legit, and I just – I don't know. I just think Auburn's really good. Auburn's number one in the country in points. Uh, number one in points allowed. Total yards are seven. They don't pass the ball, but man, they run the ball. They're third in running. Uh, yards allowed per game, they're third. Penn State's 60th. I, I just... I don't know. A location is at Beaver Stadium. Um... Man, I really, I, I think Auburn wins it personally. I really do. They're ranked 22, Penn State's 10. I get it. But I am a 
big fan of, I think Auburn pulls that one off. Um, and the last game we're going to talk about, just real quick, we'll, we'll talk about. So we got Virginia, North Carolina. That'll be a good game. I think Virginia can play North Carolina tough. I'm, I'm curious to see how North Carolina does because Virginia is no walk in the park. Uh, potentially, North Carolina could bounce back. They did last week, but I, I'm really curious how they look against Virginia team. Um, because depending on how North Carolina looks, especially Sam Dow, their quarterback looks, I could expect him to come back another year, which I know a lot of people wouldn't expect him to do when he's, you know, in that top 10 range of being drafted next year, projected. But I think Virginia game could be very telling how good North Carolina actually can be. Maybe they just had a really bad week one or vice versa. Maybe they're just not that good this year. Um, maybe Sam Howell, uh, Sam ha- Samuel Howell is more of a product of the team that has been around in the last two years than anything else. So very interesting game to watch out for. Kind of could be a good indication on how legit North Carolina actually is. Uh, and then the last game, Arizona State versus BYU. Just going to be a really good game. Um, I don't know enough about BYU or Arizona State to really give you guys a great projection on who I think would win. Um, I know Arizona State's usually a pretty is a pretty tough team. I would probably edge. I'd probably go Arizona State just because I I have a history of just knowing they play people tough and they're usually a pretty good team on both sides of the ball. I don't know too much about BYU to be honest. I I just know they had Zach Wilson last year. Um, but that's kind of all the big college football games worth mentioning. Um. Again, there are other games that could probably be good. These are just the top 20, like, the teams that are ranked in the top 25 and some of the big games that are going on this week and who to watch out for and who could potentially win, who could be on some upset alerts and just stuff like that. But with that being said, let's jump into some NFL football talk now. All right, so like I said, some NFL football talk. So let's just start off again. First team I got is Bills Dolphins. Um... Bills are favored right now by three points, but Miami Dolphins just caught some bad news. It's just broke. Will Fuller's return will wait another week. He has personal family matters. He'll not be playing this Sunday. That is absolutely huge for the Dolphins. They're look, really looking forward to getting him back. Hopefully they get Preston Williams back. Um, you know, Williams couldn't play week one because of the suspension that carried over from last year. But not having Will Fuller back against a good Bills team that got kind of embarrassed by the Steelers. I think the Bills are going to bounce back. And personally, I think the Bills are going to just crush the Dolphins this week by at least 10 points. And that's not necessarily being crushed. But I just think the Bills have a history of crushing the Dolphins, even though this game is at home for the Dolphins. I just expect the Bills to kind of bounce back and kind of beat the Dolphins in a pretty good manner. Uh, But it's a big game, especially for the Dolphins. You can kind of find out how legit you are. I know they, Tua had kind of a mixed bag week one. Uh, you like to see him turn it around and play a little bit more consistent and look a little better against the Bills. I do think if he can – I did think if he had Will Fuller, that would help. Obviously not having him. Hopefully they can have Preston Williams go out there. That could be big. Um, they got to get their tight end involved, Mike Gusecki, because he did not – he had no catches against the Patriots, and he's just too good of a player to kind of not have the ball in his hands or get the targets he needs. Uh, he is very talented. They need to get him going. I understand teams are going to probably double cover him, and that should open up stuff for other people. But Mike Kosecki is too talented of a player not to have any catches. Uh, so Dolphins need to get that going. Bills, they lost to the Steelers week one. Uh, they they threw it an uncharacteristically amount of times. I don't understand why they did when they had success running the ball against the Steelers. They just never did it. Uh, I expect the Steelers, or I expect the Bills to be a lot more balanced against Miami. I expect Josh Allen to have a better performance. Uh, I expect the run game to look pretty solid, and I would expect the Bills to come out of this with a win. Um, big game, in my opinion. I think this is a very big game. 
49ers-Eagles. 49ers beat the Lions week one. Eagles beat the Falcons. And Eagles looked really good. They looked really good defensively. They looked very good offensively. Um, 49ers, again, looked good. Their defense kind of gave up stuff at the end versus the Lions. But I don't know if that was so much like they were up so big. It's just like, eh, we're just going to give up a lot of yards and let them waste time and eat and like chuck time out. Because, or like chew a lot of time because like we're up so big. We're just not going to worry about getting up anything big. I do think this is a big game for the Eagles because you can kind of gauge like if the Eagles are quote-unquote legit, how does Jalen Hurts look against a really good team? Because we know the Falcons are bad. You don't have to see game 1, 5, 10, 15 to know the Falcons aren't that good of a team, especially on defense. They're good offensively. They haven't had a defense in, since, uh, honestly, before the Super Bowl when they lost to the uh, Patriots. That's the last time their defense has been seen, to be honest with you. So find out the Eagles are really good. Find out how good, legit uh, Jalen Hurts is. Very big game. Will they be able to slow down the 49ers run attack? If you're the 49ers, what to watch out for? How does Jimmy Garoppolo do against a a pretty good Eagles defense? How does he look? Do they put Trey Lance in for some gadget plays? Very interesting game to kind of figure out who's, if like how good the Eagles are. So I am very interested to watch that game. Um, Let's see. Jags Broncos could be a little interesting just in the theory of how Trevor Lawrence backs, bounces back, um, but he's going to go up against a vicious Broncos defense and a very nice secondary. So if you're a Jags fan, I wouldn't expect Trevor Lawrence to have another, I wouldn't expect a, a great game out of him. Um, I think the Broncos are going to look really good. I'm curious how the Broncos offense looks without Jerry Judy in a full game, who kind of steps it up. A lot of potential, but I'm very curious on how that goes. Um, you got Bengals-Bears. Uh, I guess the biggest thing with the Bears is just, you know, bouncing back and potentially beating the Bengals. Maybe the Bengals are a legit team. I don't think they are, but maybe their offense is good enough to beat the Bears. Um, does Justin Fields get in? Does his this is when his reign you know start? Because again, I I'm projecting Justin Fields is named the starter week four um, because he has to go against Cleveland next week, and I don't think they want him to go against Cleveland's D line and everything and just get destroyed because the Bears' offensive line is not that good. Uh, so I'm very curious on what they're gonna do. But again, I think each game goes by without Justin Fields being the name of the starter. I think people in Chicago are going to start rioting. So definitely worth monitoring. Um, Patriot Jets battled the rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Uh, I would expect the Patriots to win this. I just don't think the Jets are that good. You know, they've lost some offensive linemen to injuries. Um, I, I would say the Patriots are going to win this one. I think Zach Wilson could maybe look a little impressive. I think it's going to be an interesting game because the Patriots defense is really good and really talented. So I'm curious how the how he looks against the Patriots uh, defense, but I, I think Mac Jones and the Patriots offense pulls it out with a win. Not too worried about that one. Uh, Rams Colts is an interesting one because I really do like the Rams. I'm curious if Matthew Stafford continues his reign of terror potentially, and you know tries to solidify himself as an early MVP candidate with another strong performance against the Colts. Colts defense last week did not look good against Seattle. They look kind of lost, very confused, which is not normal. I didn't think Wentz played that bad. I know some people wanted to say he didn't look good against Seattle. I really wasn't one of them. Uh, I didn't think he played that bad. Um, they really didn't have a run game going either, which was really weird. And again, their, re- their leading receivers were cor- uh, were running backs, which is very, very weird for the Colts. So they need someone to step up in T.Y. Hill's injury absence. Uh, so I'm very curious on how the Colts look. Uh, Saints-Panthers, curious about that one, just in the sense of the fact that um, I'd like to see how the Saints do against a team that might be able to move the ball a little bit more consistently. If they're, Are they going to be able to stop McCaffrey? We kind of had the McCaffrey versus Kamara big head-on-head battle. 
Uh, very curious to see how the Saints look in their second start against the Panthers. Saints are favored in that game, but I really wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers potentially win it. Um, but, you know, a lot of potential for that game to be a really good game, uh, especially if the Panthers' offense can be consistent. Because I do think the Panthers have a lot of talent on offense to be to move the ball consistently down the field, drive in and drive out. And I do think they have a very nice underrated defense. But for the Saints, I'm curious how they're going to look not being gifted great field position because Aaron Rodgers looked like he had dementia last week. So I am very curious on how um, the Saints will look this week. Uh, they do have a really good defense, obviously, so they could you know force the Panthers' hands a lot and still end up having really good field position. But I'm very curious how that game will turn out. Um, let's see, some another big game that I'm excited for. We're going to go with Cowboys-Chargers and the theory of Chargers won last week. Cowboys on the road against the Chargers, you know, having to go there. A lot of people, and I was one of them, I thought the Cowboys had a great moral victory. And I know this is a sports that doesn't do moral wins, but I thought the Cowboys losing to Tampa was, a, was the best way they possibly could have lost. You know, Dak looked healthy. The defense looked relatively improved. Um, like, it just was a good way to lose. Like, they, you know, I thought they were going to get blown out, but they lost in a close one. The problem is for Dallas is... So many injuries now. You have offensive linemen being suspended. Offensive linemen get injured. They, pass rushing guys are getting injured, and they already struggled to get a pass rush going against Tampa. So losing some pass rushers is not good. I think they've lost two of their top pass rushers now uh, for a little bit. So that'd be Randy Gregory and uh, Demarcus Lawrence. So Cowboys are kind of hurting a little bit on defense on a team that was already not that great, good, or really not good defensively last year. I thought they looked a little bit better this year, but now with some injuries to their DNs and everything, generating pass rush against. Herbert, who shredded uh, the Washington's defense and was able to, you know, do very well against Washington's front four. I just think, I think Justin Herbert's in line for a huge day. So I'm curious how the Cowboys look again. Uh, I really like to see if their defense is more improved or not. Like, I know they're having injuries on the D-line, so that is kind of unfair to fully evaluate them without their top two pass rushers. But kind of have that, have, they have that uh, next man up mentality. So I am really curious on how... Chargers Cowboys look. Um, I do expect the Chargers to win that one. I think Justin Herbert could have a really big field day against the Cowboys defense. So definitely worth monitoring. Um, last two games I'm gonna talk about real quick. Seattle Titans. Titans got absolutely embarrassed week one. Uh, I like to think they're gonna bounce back, but against a good Seattle team, uh, that might be really hard. I'm curious if the Titans get the run game going. How Julio Jones is gonna look. How the O line's gonna look. Uh, defensively, how they're going to look against Seattle. I, it's a very big game for the Titans to see they can get their identity together because, remember, starting 0-2 is not ideal. Now, again, you're not in the worst situation because the Colts play the Rams. So, in theory, um, a lot of potential to, you know, I don't. I wouldn't expect the Texans to beat because uh, the Texans are the only one who ever won in that division, I think, right now. So I wouldn't expect the Texans to beat the Browns personally. So at the worst, if the Titans do lose this game, they're 0-2 and the Texans are 1-1 and they're leading the division or Colts are 1-1 as well. But I really don't see that happening. Uh, so this is a big game for the Titans to kind of get their identity going and kind of show like, you know, they're not a bad team. That week one was just a fluke and they can bounce back. For Seattle, again, you're in the NFC West. You got to win games and this is going to be a hard one. But Seattle looks good offensively. Russell Wilson, we know, has a history of killing it early in the season. I'd expect that they continue. Um, curious how their defense does against stopping Derrick Henry. Uh, so that's definitely something worth monitoring. But Titans definitely should need to get a win big time. But again, if you're Seattle, you got to win these games. Because again, NFC West is stacked. I mean, 10, 11 wins isn't enough to win that division alone. 
Uh, NFC is a hard conference, but that division is hard. Again, I, I personally think everybody in the NFC West might make the playoffs. Uh, I know the odds of that ha- not are. I know the odds of that happening aren't great, but I think at least three teams in the NFC West make it. Um, but if the char- if the Cardinals look as legit as they do, and you know you have the 49ers who can stay healthy, and Rams look good, and Seattle's always going to be a good team with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. NFC West is so scary, man. So this is going to be a great game. Last game we're talking about Chiefs Ravens. Uh, that's the Sunday night game. Again, I think Chiefs are going to win this one. I just think the Ravens are so banged up, and they they had more injuries this week. Um, I feel for the Ravens, you know, just so many injuries. I know next man up mentalities, you know, I, I like that mentality. But when you have as many injuries as they have, I mean, next man up is signing people off the street right now. Like, it is brutal for the Ravens. Uh, I don't see the Ravens winning this game, even though they lost a heartbreaker against Oakland. I just think the Chiefs are too good. Um, Lamar definitely has to step it up a little bit as a passer, though, because last week, and this has been a little hit, like indicator of him, you know, why I've had question marks about him in the nicest way possible he misses some throws that just seem too routine, like throws that you shouldn't be missing, like seven-yard curls, out routes. It's like stuff that, like, quarterbacks make. Like, you got to make those throws. Like, they should be routine throws. And he just misses some easy routine throws. Now, he can make a lot of spectacular throws and do a lot of spectacular things, but sometimes Lamar just misses those super easy throws and, and just, like, stuff that can help extend drives and you're just missing cheap, or, like, I shouldn't say cheap, but, like, just... Easy, easy yards, like easy throws, and he just misses them sometimes. I just think that's heartbreaking. I should say heartbreaking, but like backbreaking or whatever for the team because it's just like easy stuff that can extend drives and you just put yourself in a hole. And I get it. He's Lamar. He's spectacular MVP. Like he's great, but he misses some easy throws sometimes. And I just think those are just killer. Uh, and again, I think the Chiefs are legit. I think their offense is really good. Defense is solid, not necessarily great, but. Chiefs are the Chiefs. I think they're going to be a really good team, and I just think the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. Uh, but with that being said, guys, that's all I got for you this week. Uh, no sports question today. Uh, but again, if you guys have any sports questions and want to hit me up, it's uh, question the spiral at yahoo.com. I love to answer some sports questions, so hopefully next week we get some sports questions. We can start ending each segment with answering you guys' some sports questions. Uh, but that being said, hope you guys have a great weekend of enjoying football. And uh, we'll drop a podcast mon- uh, drop the podcast Monday with how all the football games went this weekend. So, with that being said, take care.